We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the third day of November, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? It's just the two of us. Yeah, healthy and alive, doing well. Just uh, dealt with, uh, we're, we're recording a little later than usual, uh, at least by my time, you know, because time's already changed out there. Had to deal with the plumbing today again. Had another plumber out doing, uh, uh, we had Roto-Rooter out. They cleaned the, the line, cleared blockage, and then we had plumbers out today. Uh, to run a camera and uh, give us a quota on uh, or an estimate on uh, replacing a line because we have some breaches from uh, tree root. So that's uh, it's always fun time spending money in the middle of a recession. Oh, it's going to get even better. It's going to get even better. Yeah. The Fed just announced that they have raised interest rates three quarters of a percent to take us to four percent. Well, that's good news, isn't it? Because you see, they're fighting for us. They're fighting for you. They're, they're fighting for the American people. That's what they're doing. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the largest increase in a, like, that's the largest single increase we've had in almost 20 years. The last time they did this was in 2008. And what, was there something that happened in 2008? Was there something significant that happened in 2000? I can't quite remember. Go, going into November, December of that year, I, I can't remember. Was there something that went on in 2008 around end of October, first part of November? When they raised interest rates, raising them by three quarters of a percent, was it was there something that happened? I can't. I mean, my my memory, you know, it's just like this brain fog these days. I I can't recall. Something tells me that something happened during that time. I can't remember. Do you do you remember? Yeah, there was something something about a housing bubble as well that went on, and something yeah. popped, and uh, yeah. So it's unbelievable. Why don't you suicide bankers just do what you did? Well, hell, why don't you just take us back to like the 1980s interest levels? Take us up to between 10 and 20 percent. Why don't you do that? That's a great idea. So we'll go through a period we of stagflation. But yeah, we already are, I guess. But let's let's go through a period of stagflation where the bottom has fallen out of the economy. We won't increase the amount of money going to the American people, but we'll increase the cost of goods and services in whatever economy's left uh, after you people get through with us. And we'll just create more depravity in the country. Why don't we do that? You know, I'm beginning to believe that when Christine Lagarde said a few weeks ago, she says, where do we stand as central bankers? We've always served as the anchor. Do we want to go back to the 19th century and the 18th century where you had financial chaos? You had people that just couldn't manage money. Do, do we want to go back to that? Do we want to risk losing our role as anchor? I, again, as I said to that statement, I can think of no better anchor than a millstone, to be fair. Christ did go into the temple and turn over the tables. That was against money changers. If we're going by that standard, I mean, bringing it up to the modern era, I mean, central banking cartels are essentially the same thing. They're modern day money changers. That's what they are. And again, uh, Millstone, that, that's the best anchor I think we we can come up with. Don't you? I, I would agree. Um, and to, to my point about the, uh, we're already too 
1980s levels, uh, they don't take account for things like energy costs, food costs, those kind of things. When you include everything that was included in the uh, metrics for the 1980s to gauge inflation, uh, we're at uh, about 20 to 25 percent, somewhere in that range. So we'll just say 23 for a happy medium. As far as um, the central banks and the, you know, I'm one for the free market, like a true free market, you know, not not none of this uh, controlled markets that we, that we have now. Maybe it would be uh, beneficial for the average person to have banks have to function on that level to where it's a free market to where you're you're not you're never too big to fail how, how about how about that that would be uh that'd be interesting and innovative you know it'd be uh yeah that would um that would be a great boon uh right there because then you won't have all these uh banking conglomerates uh printing up a bunch of money or loaning money or getting people in debt uh, you know, mountains of debt where they lose their home when things collapse or, oh, wait, what was that? Um, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Yeah, great. We're on that road. We are on that road. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell on his statement just a little while ago. At some point, as I've said in the last two press conferences, uh, it will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases as we approach the level of interest rates that will be sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to our 2% goal. There is significant uncertainty around that level of interest rates. Even so, we still have some ways to go, and incoming data since our last meeting suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. So what that means is, translation, they're going to raise them yet again. That's past the three quarters of a percent they did today, which is going to cause even more turmoil. And correct me if I'm wrong, did he just say that we want to get inflation below 2%? Like that's our goal, 2%? Really? 2%. They're, they're not even counting. They're not even counting like anything that's involved in the consumer price indexes. They're not counting food. They're not counting fuel. They're not counting heating oil. They're not counting natural gas. They're not counting any of the stuff that you base your daily, monthly, and yearly expenses on. None of that. They just count a bunch of nonsensical data that doesn't mean anything. And they say, oh, well, that's that, that's what we're going to base our our, uh, our analysis on. They do that to stop people from showing up in front of their doors with torches and pitchforks. Yeah. Also, the uh, that two percent based on the 1980s metrics, uh, you could probably triple that or, or so. It's probably closer to uh, six to eight uh, percent more more likely. Uh, but well, how do you count? Well, no, that can't be right because inflation here, at least according to the official metrics, we're at 11.8 right now. We're at the official. highest levels of inflation since uh, 49 right now. And that's what the stuff like they use the same metrics here to count. They don't include fuel, food, heating oil, uh, natural gas, that, like all that stuff. They don't include any of that. They use the same metrics here, the ECB. They use the same metrics to count that as well. If we're at 11.8, at least where I am, uh, every European country is different. But if the, where I am, it's 11.8. You're going to try and take that down to less than 2%. You've got a long yeah. way to go. You got a lot of cash to burn off. If I'm guesstimating it accurately, because I don't I don't have uh, the, the calculator in front of me, uh, the not like an actual calculator, but they, they have one that figures in you, you input all the information and, um, you know, prices and everything. And it gives you a rough estimate of what it would have been in the 1980s. But based on the 
metrics that I was, uh, so the last time I did this was, it was, uh, eight, it was a little over 8% inflation and it was about three times higher than what's actually being listed. So three times higher, I put you at about 24% roughly. If that's the case and you're at 11% and if that number stays on track with about three, three times higher, you're over 30%. Uh, inflation rate. Uh, and if they're saying, like I said, if they're saying uh, 2%, then it's probably closer to 6%. That's that's about uh, what I'm, I'm kind of shooting from the hip based on uh, some of the other uh, metrics that we, we had seen, assuming it, they, they kind of trend similarly. Dow's down 400 since that announcement. And that's been at time of recording, that was less than an hour ago. So that's, um, yeah, that's, that's another good a day in the stock market. Oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Of course, we're, yeah. we're at levels in the stock market that we shouldn't even be at anyway. So True. I, I, I don't even know what to say to, to people other than get as far away from this collapsing building as you can. That's all I can say to people. Now, I, I'm, I'm not an investment advisor. I don't give investment advice. I have my own things that I control, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's up to each individual to decide what works for them and make your own choices on that. That's the best I can tell you. But what I say to people is get away from this monstrosity because all that, that whole thing's coming down. I, I, I have a tendency to want to warn people, as in, let's say, for example, I'm in the middle of downtown somewhere, and you can see a building kind of teetering, and a couple of explosions have gone off, and, and it's on fire. I'm going to be the guy saying, hey, you know, you should probably get away from that building because it's going to come down. We probably need to get out of here. And every single person that I know, at least the, the investors that I know that I trust, they're all out. After the Credit Suisse thing, they said, that's it. We're done. They pulled out and that's it. And they're, they're just sitting on the sidelines with their hands up. They don't know what to do. So I, uh, I tend to, to trust people that have been in that world for a very long period of time. And when I say long period of time, I'm talking 20 plus years they've been doing that. You don't last very long in that business if you don't make people money. So if they've been in it for 20 years, they've been able to do things pretty well. So and if they're out, then I trust them. Yeah. And based on my my basic understanding of stocks and all that and bonds and everything, the uh, U.S. Treasury bonds are up, which uh, based on my understanding is when the stock market starts going down, people take their money out of the stock market and put it into bonds because bonds are more reliable. And the, with the bond market going up, that means people are taking their money out of stocks and putting it into uh, treasury bonds. Here's something interesting. I, and I, I would love to hear your, uh, what you think about this, because I think it kind of puts things into perspective. I heard this morning from an expert on China. And I mean, the guys, he knows the inner workings of like the party, and he's got contacts that are dealing with people that are working inside China to get information out about what the CCP does and, and things like that, what the PLA is doing. And he said this morning that China's economy is not exactly as prosperous as we're all made to believe here in the West. Now, we've been told for several years that all oh, China is the world's largest economy. It's going to eclipse the U.S. It's uh, it's growing by double digits every quarter and blah, blah, blah. Right. You hear that all the time. Of course, if you look at who owns a lot of these networks, it's the CCP. They have a lot of the investments in a lot of these networks, chief among which would be CNBC, which Jim Cramer. Are you kidding me? This guy? He might as well have been a CCP spokesman sitting up there. The other two hosts were looking at him like, what in the world are you talking about? China's economy. We know that they're going through a change right now. We're, we're kind of speculating that they're changing to a military economy, a wartime economy. 
because they're no longer making consumer goods. There's a diesel shortage, so we don't have cargo ships running, at least nothing like what we used to. So that's not going to be uh, an option in the coming days. The U.S. is now facing a shortage of amoxicillin, which is... A very, a very powerful antibiotic that we give to people, which comes from China. We're probably going to be facing a penicillin shortage here before long because 100% of our penicillin supplies in America come from, guess who? But China's economy. Now, they've been doing this, this zero COVID policy. You know, they've been kind of locking everybody down. They locked down 800,000. They locked down Disney World, Disneyland, whatever it is they have, that they have over there, whatever theme park. What would you think about this? Uh, Bruce, what would you think about this? What would you think if China's economy was about 60% less than what we're made to believe? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that's probably a good estimate. Um, 60% less. If you look at, so <laughs> when I pulled up uh, Google Maps and I looked at some of the locations there in China that were available to see. Oh, it's a, the free, cities, it's a free and democratic country. You, you mean you can't sure, see everything? Yeah. No, no, actually you can't. When you get outside the cities, uh, some places in the cities, you know, it looks fairly uh, kind of like America or the West, if you will, and, and many parts of the cities. Uh, but then you get out of the cities and it's like slums. It's like, uh, and I don't mean that derogatory in any way. It's, it's just, I don't know how else to explain it. They got trash everywhere. Um, the, the, honestly, it looks like the, the income of the individuals in that area outside the cities is not, it's not very good. So uh, yeah, I, I would, I would hazard a guess that, um, well, as an example, you look at, uh, homes here in the United States of the rednecks, those, those of us that live out of, out of cities and whatnot, we still have fairly nice homes. I mean, even, even like the the house that I'm currently living in, if you pick this house up and you put it on uh, like the east or west coast, this is easily over a million dollar home in those locations. Here, it's a lot cheaper because, you know, the cost of living and everything and the, the, the housing demand and everything is not nearly like it is out there. So really, it's not far off from what you would see in like California or something like that as far as home. And this is like, this is redneck country, man. This is, this is like, you know, hillbilly, not really hillbillies, but more of your, your cowboy redneck, not hillbilly redneck. Bunch of flatlanders uh, out there you are. I always give you a hard time. Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> yeah, we, we are. I think you guys uh, have a hill you know, that's, that's 15 feet tall, I think. We do, actually. There There is a few hills, uh, actually, in the, the town I used to live in. There's a few hills that you, you go up and down and, you know, they're a few miles apart, but we do have a few hills. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing... The prairie lands, you know. Um, but yeah, comparing comparing at least what I've seen in the in the United States comparing to what I've seen in China, um, their income is a lot lower. It's a lot lower, and and it's again, I'm not I'm not trying to bash or you know, because when I start talking about the Chinese people, that's different. You know, I I, I sympathize with them and the, the the plight that they're in with the CCP, but their markets are controlled by the CCP and the, the data that we get is controlled by the CCP. So they're saying, oh, the economy is doing great. And of course, our government is um, not exactly trustworthy either. And so they're saying, oh yeah, China's doing great. But no, I, I think that's BS. Malinvestments, because let, let's be honest here, Marxists, they don't exactly make the best economists in the world. They, they just don't. Malinvestments, as in like the real estate, 65% of China's real estate is unlivable. As in like the the buildings that they have don't have water and electricity in them. 
as in like the, the dwellings that they have. And how do you gauge that? Well, you look at the power grid. You look at the metrics that come from their power grid. If you look at the number of uh, dwellings that they have versus the amount of power that's consumed, over 65% of their, quote, livable habit, uh, livable domiciles or, or whatever, however they, they classify it with whatever terms, there aren't people living in them. This also follows along with the ghost cities. You've talked about ghost cities here for years and how they do this stuff and how it's just a it's a it's a scheme to just suck money off of off of somebody. They'll build these massive cities that are not even finished. They'll put working traffic lights and uh, and, and shopping malls and, and all kinds of stuff in there. But there's just nothing there. It's the craziest thing. They'll have like 10 lane highways on each side going in there. They'll put uh, what's it called? Uh, traffic cops out there to direct traffic when there's no one there. And it's it's set to hold like four million people or something like that. And no one's there. And tourists will ask about it. And, and the answer they'll get is, well, you see, there's so many people that are in this city. They'll want to come here. So w we have already got this all set up for them when they get here. So you, you see, it's already done. Ghost cities, malinvestment, right? Yeah. Uh, and as you said, nobody lives there. Uh, they, they, they build the places that sometimes they furnish the even furnish uh, the, the buildings uh, in some instances. Uh, but some of the other photos we've seen and, and whatnot, there hasn't been any kind of furnishings or anything. They hadn't even finished painting uh, or any any of the God, I mean, some of the places, uh, some of the like security cam footage and whatnot we've seen of, of apartment complexes and buildings a bit run down. And that's in the uh, actual living cities, not the not the ghost cities. But I'm I'm not entirely sure what their intent was for, because uh, you know that's prescribing motive, and we don't exactly know for sure what their motive of building those were. Was it just to siphon money off? Was it to keep the people happy, complacent, you know, thinking that they're going to have a, a better future? Was it something akin to union jobs uh, here in the West? Keep people busy, keep people working, uh, keep things, the economy from collapsing or, or you know, keep people working. Uh, I, I don't know exactly. There's there's a lot of reasons that they could have done it. Uh, it could have just simply been an ego thing to 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 flaunt to the to the West and say, oh, see, no, we're doing a lot better. Uh, like we're, we're doing great. You know, it's so good. In fact, we're we're uh, building new cities and like it could have easily just been an ego thing. But whatever whatever their intention was, those places are empty, dead. And the people live in, as you said, like, the, like these are these are at least somewhat. Um, how do I put this? That it looks like it's an upgrade for where a lot of people live from how a lot of people live out in the countryside, at least quality of life wise. So you would think that people would want to flock to those things, but they don't. And so again, I I think it's just a I, I think it's just part of a, a part of a money making scheme is all is is just a way for them to funnel the cash. Because do you remember they had that problem with the Evergrande? You know their biggest real estate developer. They had that problem, and you see they had sixty five percent of their assets that were. Uh, insolvent, and they had a they had a real big problem. So you see, the Chinese Communist Party they stopped trading on that particular company, and then when the markets closed, they went out and they demoed all those properties, and then they reopened the next morning. And said, "What what toxic assets? We, we don't have any toxic assets. What are you talking about? Sixty five percent? What what do you mean sixty five percent? Those properties aren't even there. That's how you do business over there. Yeah. Speaking of corruption, I suppose we should talk about it, shouldn't we? We should talk about Brazil." Or do we do we want to wait? Do we want to give it a day? 
do we want to kind of just brush on the surface of it? And then we, we want to kind of switch over into like the Pelosi thing, because I think there's a little bit of corruption going on there, too. So uh, agreed. Um, I, I think I think we, we should mention a little bit, at least uh, a little bit about what's going on in Brazil for the listen. So the listener knows uh, that, right. that there's some rumblings right. going on there. Yeah. So we have been following what's going on there. We have not been ignoring it. We've been watching it since the day of the election. Uh, and as as you said privately, Bruce, yeah, pretty sure that Bolsonaro won by a landslide. And yep. yeah, uh, if you look at a lot of the metrics that we're looking at, Bolsonaro pretty much won in a landslide in every, if you go by these metrics, these are official uh, election results of the night. Uh, if you go by these uh, metrics here, he pretty much won in a landslide in all of these areas. These are all of the... Um, with the exception of uh, Norte, which is the north. But then you have this other one. You see, you have this area up there called Nordeste, meaning northeast in Portuguese. And that is the one that Lula won by 40% more. So that gave him the victory. And that came in the final hours. Huh. What's interesting about that region of the country of Brazil? Well, it just happens to be the one that's controlled by drug cartels. What were the drug cartels doing the night that he won? They were celebrating in the streets, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, I'm looking up each region real quick. So the Northeast region. Yeah. Which is the, the Nordeste. Yeah. That makes up about 28% of the total population. Uh, that region, there's 53.6 million people in that area. The uh, Sudeste, I'm guessing. You got it, yeah. Is Southeast. Uh, and they have a population of 89 million looks like uh so the other one's 50 and it's 28 that means that's like th what 30 some percent so it just just going off of uh what they have there what they have listed nordeste should not have that even with a 40 point difference there that shouldn't have well technically 38 but that shouldn't have been enough to no. based on the other metrics there because the other ones uh bolsonaro won he won by 40 uh, pretty close to 40. Uh, and then the other ones he won by a few percent still, but he had big margins in the it was, other two. It was clear. It, like it was a clear victory and he yeah, had it. it. He was leading victory. all day. And then all of a sudden, right before the polls closed, oh, look, he lost by a percentage point. Uh, it's a real shame. Yeah. Now here's, that, here's a guy who gets, when he holds just an impromptu, an impromptu speech somewhere in public. He'll have hundreds of thousands of people turn up. He'll have convoys of motorcycles and trucks. You know, the the, uh, the truckers down there. I mean, people will come from miles, hours away to see this guy. And, and they'll have convoys that are as far as the eye can see. Just if he's stopping somewhere. This guy, Lula, he can't get 15 people together in a parking lot. This looks exactly like what they did in the 2020 election with Joe Biden. Exactly. Do you know how many counties, I heard this statistic today, do you know how many counties Joe Biden won in the United States in the 2020 presidential election? Uh, yeah, all of them, because he's the most popular president in American history. 15. Hmm. 15 counties is all he won. Just to give you an idea, my home state of Ohio has 88. Yeah. Joe Biden won 15 counties in America, and he's the next president of the United States. This guy, Lula, can't get 15 people together in a parking lot for a hula hoop contest. And he gets elected because, um, what, 70% of, of, of an area where it's controlled by drug cartels? Come on. 
Come on. They're just openly stealing it out in front of everybody now. Like, it's just, it's brazen at this point. All of the usual suspects were pigpiling on. When I say the usual suspects, Emmanuel Macron, Justin Trudeau, Joe Biden, uh, all the European leaders, they're all jumping on top saying, oh, congratulations on a free and fair election. Hell, even Bill Clinton jumped on board and said, congratulations on a free and fair election. Well, you know that there's a problem when all those people immediately jump on it. The U.S. Senate... A coalition led by Bernie Sanders unanimously passes something called uh, the Defend Democracy in Brazil initiative or something, saying that if the military now steps in and overrules the legitimate vote of Lula, the communist, then uh, the United States should cut off diplomatic relations immediately. Then, if that's not enough, YouTube, Google, right, YouTube, publicly stated yeah, um, anybody that denies the the legitimate election results in Brazil, we're going to have to take your channel down. That right there should be the tell. If nothing else was up to that point, that should be the tell. Because that's exactly what they did with the 2020 election in the U.S. That's exactly what they did with COVID. That's exactly what they've done with Ukraine and Russia and all the rest of it. And that's what they're doing now. It's the same playbook. They kind of changed the little actors here and there, but it's the same script. As of right now, and we're still waiting, that's why we're not going to get too deep into it. As of right now, the military in Brazil is auditing the election result as of right now. Per their constitution, that is allowed. They are allowed to do such things. From the videos that we saw of the convoys rolling into Rio, they look to me like they're on the side of Brazil. They're not on the side of the CCP, because let's be honest, that's who's quarterback in this. And why exactly are we sending the CIA director down there? To talk to, uh, to talk to Bolsonaro saying, listen, don't worry about your election process. Don't worry about that. Why, why are we even involved in that? Why, why is the U.S. Why, why are we involved in another sovereign nation's elections? We have no business in that. Now, I'm not going to go into the, like the, the director of the CIA. That guy's probably just a hack anyway. I don't care. We have no business involved in another sovereign nation, nor does anyone else. What did I say? How many years ago have I said it now? I mean, we've lost, what, a couple of years because of this COVID garbage. Mm -hmm. What did I say pre-COVID even? I said they don't have Brazil. They need Brazil. I've been saying that for years, long before all this. They have to have Brazil. If they're going to vertically integrate the world supply chain, Brazil is key. They've got to have it. And they don't with Bolsonaro. And so... They put their own guy in. Lula da Silva, buddy-buddy with Klaus Schwab, just happens to be listed on their website. Now, here's a guy, again, here's a guy who's, uh, now, look, I, I know that Brazil's got a lot of corruption anyway, right? I mean, Bruce, you and I spent a lot of time looking at, at videos of uh, security footage and, and stuff down there. Brazil's got a lot of corruption. I mean, it's a lot. It, it can't be understated how much corruption is down there. But Lula, the, this guy actually got convicted of corruption, and got a 15-year prison sentence out of it. It's bad enough that you've got that level of corruption down there, but to actually get... I'll put it this way. If country has that level of corruption, say like, oh, I don't know, the United States or, well, the U.S., you really can't pay people off in the U.S., at least not on the surface. In these other countries, these other third world countries, such as like, well, I don't know, take Ukraine, for example, or Russia or, or something like that, 
you can pay people off if you're convicted of a crime. You can grease the skids of like the judge or the prosecutor or whatever, you know, the, the police inspector or something like that. You can't do that in a lot of these Western countries. But in those countries, you can. If you've got enough money, then you can pay those people off and you'll be free. That's corruption within the system itself. To actually not be able to pay people off and to get convicted of corruption in such a system like that, you have got to be seriously corrupt. Seriously corrupt. And as he's in prison, all of a sudden, oh, all the charges. Well, they're, you know what? All those charges were just annulled. Nobody knows why. And he's a free man. And all of a sudden, he's the president of, of Brazil. If you were writing a Hollywood movie script, you couldn't do better than this. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. We're going to be watching this, uh, but I, I fully expect that what Bolsonaro said yesterday is what's going to happen. He said, I will follow the Constitution. And I expect the military and the police will do the same. I want to know, who does our Senate think they are passing a bill that says if the military gets involved there. Uh, how dare you tell another country they can't follow their own laws and governance? That one, that one really has me frustrated and annoyed. I, I'm, I already think our government is overreaching in a lot of areas, but to tell another country um, you can't follow your own system of, of governance uh, because we say so, uh, well, no, no, you, was... can, you can step off. I don't know if it was necessarily that the the Senate's uh, coalition or whatever they um, they were looking to, and I'm just quoting here from the the resolution. Uh, they were looking to immediately recognize the outcome of the election in Brazil. They they want the government, as in our government, to take an official stance, as in Biden uh, administration comes out makes a statement on the matter, uh, and they sure. want to to review and reconsider the relationship between the United States, uh, any government that comes into power in Brazil through undemocratic means, including a military coup. So you see, they commit the coup. And then when that's overturned, when that fraud is brought to the surface and proved, and that gets overturned, they call that a coup. Do you see how they're doing yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. And that that's, that's kind of what I was going to uh, point out is that it's not a coup because their constitution says they can do this. Like it, it, a coup would be they're doing things illegally. Like if you're doing it within, like if you do everything legally uh, based on your constitution, it's not a coup. Even if you overthrow the, the sitting government, it doesn't matter. It's not a coup. You're, if your system allows that kind of function, then it's 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 within the function of, of, of your system. I, I, so I, I honestly, I, I, it just frustrates me that we're getting involved in another country. I know it's on the same, like it, it's, it's on our, like, you know. South America, but we're all connected here. I, I, I get it. So it's a little closer to home now than it is, um, you know, Ukraine as the example. But again, why are we getting involved? We shouldn't be involved in this. And we why should be is allowing them to do their own free and fair elections without us meddling? Exactly. And and why is it? And I'd like for you to speak to this. Why why is uh, Bill Burns, the the CIA director, why is he involved in telling Bolsonaro, listen, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. That right there should should raise all kinds of red flags. Yeah, yeah that 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 raises that raises a ton of red flags for me. If I was Bolsonaro, I'd be like, uh, okay, yeah, now uh, now I'm really concerned that you're meddling in our elections, and maybe we should lo uh, look at diplomatic relations because you guys are screwing over our uh, our government. So yeah, that would that would be a um, a possibility there. That is really concerning. Um, I'm I'm. 
I, I would like to know how much our CIA is really getting involved. How much is our government involved? Well, we already know civil society 2.0 uh, gets involved in these countries already. So what, what have they been doing there? Uh, you know, what, what, what kind of involvement has been going on? You know, we were talking last night about the uh, about the drug cartels in Central and South America, and we were just kind of discussing that privately. And I said that I was saying a while ago, I mean, I was saying it privately, but I think the U.S. needs to I mean, if we were actually doing things as we should, we should be partnering with the Mexican government and the Mexican military as the Americans. That's what we should be doing. We should be partnering with them, not going in there and taking the country over and establishing whatever, like this BS in Iraq or, or Afghanistan. I'm not talking about that. We should be partnering with the Mexican military to fight these drug cartels. Do you know that's what the Mexican military spends the majority of their time doing is fighting drug cartels? That's what they do. Why aren't we assisting them? These drug cartels are just as well armed as the Mexican military in a lot of cases. Why are we not doing anything about this? I'll tell you why. Because the same people that are running those drug cartels are the same people that are laundering the money for them. That's why. And again, if we were doing things the right way, we would be not only partnering with the Mexican military, but we'd be working with other militaries going down through Central and South America to stop the flow of illegal drugs, to stop the drug trade, the fentanyl stuff. Where do you think that's coming from? You think that's coming from Central and South America? They don't grow opium in Central and South America. That's not where it comes from. They don't synthesize, you know, they, they don't create it artificially in Central and South America. It comes from China. So who's doing business down there again? Who's running the cartels down there again? Who's got investments in China again? I'll just kind of leave that one hanging. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know one of the places where that stuff is grown? Afghanistan. That Afghanistan. Yes. When we went in there, opium production was at like, yeah, I think it was like 30% or something like that. After we went in, it was up to 98%. Yeah. You going to tell me that in Vietnam or any different? Just saying. Moving right along here. Nancy Pelosi. Or excuse me. Well, it wasn't Nancy Pelosi. It was it was her husband, wasn't it? I, again, this guy's yep. in the headlines. I'm sure by now everybody's seen. And again, we haven't been we haven't been ignoring that story. We've kind of been waiting because more is coming out every single day about this story. I, I don't know what to make of this. The only thing that I can say is just looking at it, at, you know, from an investigative standpoint, I mean, I, I was saying to you, I said, if if my if my boss came to me and said, OK, what do you got? And I would have it all laid out on the table. I would just kind of look at him and say, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. What do you want me to say to this? The guy's a nudist, as in the guy that broke in. OK, let, I guess let's just start with the, the, the let's just start at the beginning. Phone call gets made to the police from Paul Pelosi. Two, was it like two thirty in the morning? Two, yeah, two thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. Let me pull the audio. Call from the dispatch gets released and it says this. Northern four car, a priority 910, 2640 Broadway, cross of Scott and Normandy. Hey, 14 hour copy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. 12 hour back and copy. Stated that he's going to wait for his wife to come home. He doesn't know who the male is, but his name is David and he's a friend. This is supposedly a, a breaking and entering case. But when you look at the drone footage, because we don't have security camera footage for some reason. Though they have 28 cameras on. Yes, they've got 28 cameras on the on the property. We don't have the yeah. body cam footage from the SFPD for some reason. I'm not quite sure why, because 
I believe it was after 2008, all SFPD officers were required to have working body cams on and they have to release them. Anytime there's an officer involved shooting, that footage gets released within 24 hours. Why don't we have that footage? Oh, is it because of the midterms? The drone footage of the back patio door where the breaking and entering supposedly took place shows the glass, the glass shards out of the house, as in out on the patio tiles, the outdoor tiles. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're breaking in to a house with a hammer, which is what this guy said to have been in possession of, or both of them had a hammer, I think. I'm not, I don't I don't even want to speculate on that other than the other thing that I, that I showed you, but it's not family friendly to say. But if you're breaking into a house using a hammer on glass, typically, yeah, a couple of shards of glass might drop out onto the floor outside. Sure, I, I can see that, of course. I mean, I've had to break a window or two in my time, but most of that glass is going to go inside. Now, I don't think that uh, Mr. Pelosi would have grabbed that glass and started tossing it back out the uh, the broken window. Do you? No. No. Which means to me, just looking at it again as a, as an investigator, I would say that broken window was broken from the inside going out, meaning that something either got thrown at it or someone broke it intentionally. Huh. Okay. So then it comes out that this guy's a nudist. <laughs> I don't know where this comes from. And a communist. Uh, and, and, a, and a communist. But we were all told that he's a, a big right-wing MAGA guy and he's um, uh, some Trump supporter and he was there to, to do harm to the Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm betting if they still had control of Twitter that this would have been the lead story everywhere. But Potentially. it isn't. Um, yeah. So then this press conference... There's a hot mic that somebody somebody didn't do their job well enough. There's a hot mic that was left on at the podium when this phone call came through of the guy that is about to give the press conference, or at least at the very least, he's he's giving the briefing to whoever's going to give the press conference, asking what information they should allow and what they shouldn't. Okay, so is this the dude that, uh, that uh, is a former, like, uh, nudist dude? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, is it okay to say any of that stuff? No? Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So, but we kind of have a working knowledge of who this guy may be. Hang on one second. Let me go see what they've got over here. I'll call you back. Bye. They know that he's a nudist and you can't say that? Why not? So we don't have any of the, what, how many cameras you say they had? 28, 27, 28 cameras? 28, 28 yeah. cameras. Now, this is a Pacific Heights property, okay? This is not downtown San Francisco. This is Pacific Heights. By the way, it's not even in the district that Nancy Pelosi represents, I might add. She lives outside of her district. This not is Pacific Heights. Yeah, it's not a problem. This is this is Pacific Heights where they've got multi, multi-million dollar homes. Break-ins up there typically don't happen. So there's no cameras. There's no security camera footage we can see. Uh, by the way, both of these guys, did I forget to mention, both of these guys, were when the officer showed up, both of these guys were in their underwear. <laughs> like, I, I okay, I, I know. And Paul Pelosi didn't have his phone. It was in the bathroom room like what who leaves their phone in the bathroom at 2 30 in the morning anybody do you do you do that i i can't recall that i've ever done that i i typically don't leave my phone in places accidentally or any i i know where my phone is at all times usually so it's a very rare occasion that i misplace my phone very rare 
So we don't have that. We, we've got the, the misplaced phone. We've got the two guys down into their uh, undergarments there. We've got hammers in both hands. And the funny thing is, is again, this was supposed to be a breaking and entering case, and the man has not been charged with breaking and entering. Again, I, I would look at my supervisor when he would ask me and say, what do you got? I would say, I, I don't know. I, I just don't have an answer for you. The media has tried to run interference on this the entire week. And I have to say, I mean, I've got my own speculations. I'm not I'm not going to put those forth because we just don't know yet, because, as I said, more is coming out every day. But I just don't know what to make of this. I, I think I think this part, I will say, I, I do believe because we've been watching for political violence. We know that they're they're desperate and they're they're looking to pull some kind of politically motivated violence up into the midterms because they need something. They, they've got to have something. The October surprise didn't come. So they've got to have something. That's the only thing I can think is that's what this was yeah. supposed to be. And it just went wrong. They picked some patsy. Oh, by the way, he was illegal, too. And ICE was ordered not to deport him. So he'd have been the perfect fall guy. So I, I don't I don't know other than just like picking him as a as a, as a fall guy for for something gone wrong. And then like everything in the headlines would have just disappeared later and they could have used it and passed it off that way. But no, I don't know. I don't have any idea. That's kind of my so I, I have a few running theories that that's one of them is that this was an attempt at an October surprise. A MAGA Republican uh, went in and uh, tried to attack Nancy Pelosi uh, and and. and the the fact that both of them were in their underwear. See that here's here's an interesting thing. So we already know Paul Pelosi has an alcohol problem, right? We already know that based on his uh, DUIs. So is it possible that maybe, uh, being as this David character is a friend? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I forget. I got to mention this. His his wife is a convicted pedophile. I I just. Like, yes, the, the David. Yeah, yeah, his ex-wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. his ex-wife. Yes. Uh, Sorry, I forgot yeah. to mention. And that. oh, and also, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because it also reminded me that David, uh, at one point when he was married to his ex-wife, disappeared for an entire year, and when he came back, he said he was Jesus. He he claimed to be Jesus. I missed and that one. Yeah, yeah that that was um that was something that he had also done. So this is the individual that was. Supposedly the MAGA Republican that was out to attack Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Now, I my my other theory is maybe the two of them were drinking and in a hold my beer moment, they they had the bright idea of, you know, we need a we need a MAGA a MAGA Republican that does some kind of crazy something, you know, to to October surprise. We haven't really had anything. So what if we did this? They they did something in their drunken state, uh, decided it was a good idea to break a window, which, by the way, the window looked like it was uh, the, the, the safety windows. You know, the ones that are uh, uh, you have to use like an axe to break through um, because the glass wasn't it wasn't broken as in uh, it, it took me a minute. I had to go back and look at the pictures again because uh, the, the, the program we're using it, it wasn't real clear, but it's. It's like um, tempered glass, so it has the it tempered and uh, what, what's it called when they put the uh, they have the layers of plastic in there? I forget what that's called. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the it's like that safety glass stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, it, I know it, it yeah. It's it, it's like a safety glass. So basically, it looked like they punched through the safety glass and it was peeled open, and there was a hole peeled open in it uh, that was going outward, not inward. So it wasn't, he didn't break in and, and it was peeled out. 
So they would have broken it and pushed it out. Um, is what it looked like. So it, I, I'm, I'm left wondering. Okay, so did they break it? I'm wondering, is it a claw hammer? That was the first thing because it would have had to have been a claw hammer if they used hammers to break it. Because again, fireman axe. If you hit it with a sledge, it's not going to break. You're not going to punch through it. You have to use an axe to cut through the plastic layer. Um, and then the other, the other possibility is um, this was a lover or a uh, a business deal for human trafficking. And Paul Pelosi didn't like the rates because of inflation. And he's like, hey, you're screwing me over. And then they, you know, had a, a, a fight. I'm honestly, that one is a bit of a stretch, but it's possible. Um, Pelosi was gone. This dude is a nudist and, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I think it was an October surprise. I think it's what it was intended to be. Uh, this dude was going to be like a scapegoat kind of a thing. He was going to go through, uh, make it look like he got arrested and it looked like he was, uh, um, you know, a MAGA Republican that attacked and they were going to try to paint it that way and then run it through Twitter and try to get it trending everywhere. And then it just long enough, even mine. This only needed to go for a few weeks, right? Because the election is they could have just is, buried it. Yeah, they could have just buried it. it. Just like the uh, the that New York Post article about the Hunter Biden laptop. They all they had to do was keep it for two weeks from trending, and it, they were golden. Like it, they could bury it after that. Uh, that that's I think that's what was going on here. They were trying to create a narrative. They were trying to say MAGA Republican. They were trying to brand MAGA Republicans as these crazy evil guys, people, whatever. And um, I, I think it backfired. They didn't have Twitter on board. Musk was like, yeah, there's something else going on here. And so now they have a, an expert, a specialist, a celebrity that says, think for yourself. And so the people jumped on board. Tribalism kicked in and said, yeah, maybe something's wrong here. His lawyers have entered a plea of not guilty as of yesterday. Have we seen Have we seen a, a medical report or a photograph no. or any anything like that of Paul Pelosi's no. Everything, no. Everything has been suppressed. Absolutely everything. We've got a few headlines telling us about what's gone on, but that's that's really about all. The media has come out and and tried to, uh, you know, the, like the clip we played the other day saying they're just creating this world that doesn't exist. And you've got Trump's Internet and, and we've got we've got to do something to stop it. Here's here's another theory. I can't prove it, obviously. So Paul Pelosi, we do know for sure was taken to the hospital. We do know that for for a fact that yes. that was the case. What if he was taken to the hospital because he wasn't assaulted by this guy until police arrived? So once police arrived, then there was a scuffle. Now, it's not detailed on what happened in that uh, scuffle, but there was a scuffle. So it could have easily just been he pushed him. That, that's technically assault. What if he was taken for the, to the hospital for lacerations? He might have accidentally cut himself when they were opening the window. Possibly. That is possible. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to leave this one for the moment, and I'm just going yeah. to keep I'm, I'm going to keep watching because too many unknowns. So, there, there's too many unknowns. And and I'm just looking at this saying, OK, there's something about this situation that is all wrong. All of it is wrong. I, I don't know what it is, but everything about this is wrong. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on it. All right. We can jump out of here a few minutes early unless you've got anything else. No, that's all I got. I'm, I've been pretty uh, hooked up today. So I, I'm, I, I was scrambling before we started to try to look at what's in the news because 
I've been dealing with the plumber. Oh, there's uh, yeah, there's there's a good plenty. Portion I, of I wanted yeah, we well we've been, we've had guests on, so we haven't been able to to discuss anything really. So uh, True. at least nothing. To be fair, whenever we have a guest on, we try to take our points from them because they only get one day a week, and we get every day, so we can make our points whenever yeah. we need to. So you know, we we kind of leave the floor open to whatever they want to discuss, and that that's good because the listeners, you guys get ever get us every day, so you can always get yeah. our viewpoints on things. But the guests that we have, you only get them one day a week. So we kind of give them the floor to whatever they want to talk about and we follow what they want to do, which is fine. Uh, and if these subjects come up in all of that, then so be it. And we'll discuss it then. But anyhow, it's um, good variety. It does. It does. Uh, we have Marty tomorrow. And for those of you who are signed up to us on Telegram, we will have Ned on Saturday. So we are going to have to go, but uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Bruce. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do hope you enjoy it. And we love having you as a listener. And we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been a pleasure, Bruce. Thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.